on your part. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the On Track and Fuel podcast. I'm your host, JT Ayers. Anything track and fuel related, uh, equipment, batons, free lap devices, pole vault pits, pole vault poles, throwing implements, whatever, track and field. If you need something, go to ontrackandfield.com. In fact, just go to ontrackandfield.com. Check out that website. It's really, it's done really, really well. And if you happen to buy something, which I know you will, I'm a head coach and you, just like me, need the very best for our athletes. When you buy something, put the promo code in track talk, T-R-A-C-K-T-A-L-K, all one word, get 15% off right then and there. And believe me, 15% is going to go a long, long way when you're buying something as expensive as a pole vault pit. On trackandfield.com, we are going to hook you up. So with me right now is my buddy Pete Burridge, and he is in the UK and across the pond. And he is a rugby coach. And I'm so excited that he's here with us because he is... First and foremost, the first team athletic performance coach, the Bristol Bears Rugby in England. Pete works with rugby, developing strength, speed, power qualities, international level rugby players. And recently, he wrote an article for Simply Faster magazine called Cool on the Other Side of the Pillow, Inspiring Athletes to Sleep for Peak Performance. Great article title, buddy. So here's the thing. We are going to talk to you about why sleep is so important. Now, this is something that you've heard a thousand times and everybody has heard, yeah, I know, I need to sleep, whatever, eight hours a day. Or, But here's the thing. In this quick conversation, we're going to talk about why athletes need sleep. And then we're going to talk about, on the back end, ways to ensure all athletes get the sleep they need. So we hope this is a very valuable resource for anybody that really needs to Understand the idea of peak performance, not just in perform like athletics or the classroom, but in life. So why is sleep so important? And then we're gonna really gonna get into it about ways you can do to get better at this thing that probably will extend your life, save your life, not to be too dramatic, but yes, very dramatic. So Pete, thanks for joining me, man. Let's just start right now. Why is sleep so important for athletes? First of all, thanks for having me. Um, I'd like to say probably it's the ultimate recovery tool to keep it really, really short. And no matter whether you're an athlete or not an athlete, everyone is sleeping. If you don't, you die. So it's it's pretty yeah. damn important. Um, I think uh, also if you think about how vulnerable we are when we sleep and you think about evolution, it's got to be pretty damn important if it's stuck around all this time. Like um, for us to to do it and be put in that vulnerable position. For example, if we're sleeping in caves and, and bears are coming for us to still keep that thing around, it's got to show that sleep's an important thing uh, for us all. And hopefully I will be able to chat through uh, why it's so important for humans and then even more specifically for athletes. Um, so yeah, I, I think it affects so many different things from performance to injury prevention uh, illness and immunity, which is kind of a big deal at the minute with uh, COVID going on, body composition, so being lean, getting in shape, things like that. And then even things like learning, like whether we're uh, a professional athlete learning plays or, or, or a kid in school, like everyone's, and everyone's going to be learning stuff and, and sleep can actually help improve that as, as well. Um, so yeah, overall, those are the big, big key tenants of why sleep's really, really important. 
Yeah, about five years ago, I was perplexed by some of my athletes were getting hurt with these really weird kind of acute injuries because you and I, as performance coaches and specialists, all we're trying to do is give our athletes the best opportunity for peak performance. And then recovery and warding off injury is a huge aspect of that. So five years ago, I just basically did a small experiment. It was, wasn't too in-depth and it was very easy to find results and, and collect data. I simply walked up my athletes and I said, hey, the ones especially that are getting injured year after year after year, I'm like, why is this happening? And I was doing everything I can to make sure they weren't getting injured. And I kid you not, 100% of the time, any athlete that was getting some of these random pains and I walked up to them and asked them and said, you know, hey, what is your sleep cycles like? Like, what is your circadian rhythm like? And more often than not, if not 100% of the time, sleep cycle was terrible. Oh, I, I have a really tough time sleeping. I go to bed at 2 a.m. and I get up at 6 and sometimes I just stay up all night and I, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this started me on this cycle of reading and researching and trying to figure out what was going on. Casey Smith is the head athletic trainer for the Davis, Dallas Mavericks, the professional basketball team in Texas here. Um, they said, if, if I told you an athlete that you had the treatment that would reduce the chemicals associated with stress, that would naturally increase human growth hormones, this would enhance recovery rate, improve performance, any athlete would do all those things. Sleep does all those things. Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Like we, I think as performance coaches, we understand that sleep's important, but I, I feel, and, and this may be just a UK thing rather than uh, in the States, but I feel sometimes coaches pay it a bit too much lip service and don't actually delve into how important it is. And there are lots of coaches who speak about their environments being elite, high performance, the most recovered athletes, the most prepared. But then when they actually go into depth about what are you doing for recovery? They're talking about ice baths. They're talking about infrared saunas. And it's like, what are the big rocks first and foremost? So nutrition and sleep are the big two. And then you delve into a bit deeper into the sleep stuff and the detail is just not there. It's just, oh yeah, we, we, we just push sleep and we might track it in a monitoring app potentially where they grade their sleep score out of 10 but nothing really gets done. And I think like you alluded to there with like the, the benefits, like sleep's probably the single greatest legal performance enhancing drug that most athletes probably aren't taking. And I, I think if, if you look at some of the benefits of what it can do, improving um, uh, ratings of perceived exertion, uh, improving rates to exhaustion, uh, there's, there's some really cool studies done, uh, I think in, some Stanford basketballers where they improved their uh, shooting percentages, they improved their sprint times, albeit again, they're not elite track athletes, but they are varsity basketballers and they're still at a decent level. They almost knocked a second off of their, off of their sprint times just, just through sleep uh, extension. Um, even at the, at the elite end, uh, I don't know where this data came about, but it was on Andre Guadalla and like they, they looked at his sleep when he, when he slept eight hours compared to when he didn't. And like, I think he, he had 33% less turnovers. He shot, I think 29% more points per minute when he slept eight hours. All of these things are showing that I, the elite athletes are doing it. And this is providing a performance benefit for them. And you hear like the Roger Federer's, the Tiger Woods uh, guys sleeping large, large like amounts of sleep each night and the LeBron James's and, and 
these guys at the very, very top end of their sport are getting way beyond eight hours of sleep because they've recognized how important it is for, for their own recovery from sport. And I, th I think there's so many benefits to performance. Like in, you can go across any sport. Like there was a study uh, looking at baseball players and they looked at their sleepiness, which is just a kind of how sleepy are you in the day? And they, and just generally, and they looked at kind of the, low sleepiness score in three years i think it was done over three years um they looked at their sleepiness over three years the people who graded out low i think three quarters of them were still in the league those who had like medium to high there was only 40 percent of them in the league and then those who were graded out i think three times more sleepy than than anybody else there was only 10 i think it was like 12 or 13 percent were in the league and again there's lo loads of factors of why someone may or may not stick around but Hey, there's, there's a correlation there between someone's sleepiness, which potentially shows that's their professional habits, how well recovered they are. And in a sport like like baseball, that, that's going to be key for being able to spot pitches, decision making and, and things like that. And like it's, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can go even further. I mean, Michael Phelps, one of the greatest Olympians of all time, swimmer. He talks about how he gets eight to eight and a half hours of sleep every single night. The guy's a machine. Then he takes two small power naps during the middle of the day. LeBron James out here, arguably one of the greatest basketball players of all time, talks about how he sleeps. He's even the like spokesperson for the Calm app out here. You know, like we these are elite athletes. And for sprinting, from my perspective, if you're gonna recover well, which is one of the most important aspects of any of the training for sprinting, critical pillar of success is going to be sleep, reaction time, motor function, motivation, focus, strength regulation, muscle recovery, sprint performance, glucose metabolism, memory learning, injury risk, illness risk. These are all tied to sleep. And here's the best part. And you and I are like both smiling and no one can see our, our faces here. But here's the thing. There is no data that says that more sleep is bad for you. Like this is a universally one-sided sleep is good sleep is the best if you're taking care of your sleep you're gonna have better performance so let's talk about more about just some of that like that's all the data with sleep but i even have a sports performance olympic coach volume 27 issue one this comes from a magazine says high school athletes reporting eight or more hours of sleep per night were 68% less likely to injure themselves than their peers who reported sleeping less than eight hours. So I don't know about you, but I also teach high school and I know you have, it may be completely different and maybe you can back me up on this. What's stopping people from sleeping well? Like what are some of the main causes of people not sleeping? Because we're sleeping as a society, as a global population, less than ever before. Like you look back 50 years, we are sleeping like four hours more than we were. And then you look at even before the light bulb, you know, when that, when Edison ruined everyone's sleep, what was happening before that? So what is going on? Like, what are some of the causes of us not sleeping well so we can ward off and avoid some of these things? I think, I think it's quite multifactorial that, that as you alluded to the technology that we have nowadays, we've never seen before. We've never um, experienced and probably evolved strategies to, to combat that. And the, the tech, tech companies are so good at, at drawing our attention and a lot like almost like a, a drug dealer, almost getting our, our fix. We need our fix all the time. And so we can't go to bed without checking our Instagram, just scrolling through Facebook. Um, like I, I work with, with young rugby athletes. I'm the, uh, 
on like some of them are single like again they're going to be on the the dating apps they're going to be messaging girls there's going they're going to be these kinds of things that are grabbing their attention and that light from their iPhones or or whatever phone they've got like about 10 minutes of blue light is the equivalent of two hours of sunlight so again that signal that we that links to our circadian rhythms which is our our kind of internal body clock um, that we have from when we were cavemen that tells us whether we're morning people or, or evening people um, is is all out of whack and I think that's part of it but then also I think there's some cultural elements to it as well and I think um, us as SNCs and performance coaches probably can share some of that blame with the the grind culture and the like no days off like um yeah, yeah money gonna, never sleeps right? yeah exa exactly the you can see you can picture the youtube video with the the gruff voice of like welcome to the grind and some guy getting up at 5 a.m to run ladders and run on the beach where no one else is watching and that's commendable but actually probably what we can do to help someone sleep more is actually provide them with more sleep opportunity and i know for example in, in the american collegiate setting where like they've got so many athletes to to get through and they've got studies to get on with like they're scheduling workouts at 6 a.m in the morning like i don't care how much we bandy on about the education of how good sleep is if you've got a teenager they're not going to go to bed at eight o'clock and so if you're scheduling a workout at five in the morning they're probably going to bed at earliest nine ten and that's probably the good athletes so even then the the opportunity for sleep to then actually get that recovery in is actually quite small so some of the things that we can do as performance coaches who may or may not be able to influence the scheduling is can we move that workout a little bit later can we for example in some teams they have late night meetings can we get those meetings done earlier so that they can relax in an evening and switch off so we give them those opportunities to switch off if we can't do that can we manage a bad situation by like you said give them opportunity to nap in the day can we find windows of opportunity and then provide provide the facility to to get guys to nap so for example some football clubs nowadays have um, nap rooms and rooms that are designed specifically for guys to sleep so they're dark they're, there's no noise pollution they've got comfy beds or seats to sit in things like that are, are going to be huge for driving a, a sleep culture yeah i mean you mentioned circadian rhythm there's a lot of research to suggest that even young kids when their natural circadian rhythm is pretty much that of what an adult is. You go to bed early, you get up early, it's kind of natural. Then there's this small window, and this is definitely my athletes, and maybe yours as well, because I know yours are a little older than my high school athletes. But their circadian rhythm for them is go to bed late, get up late. Like that's yeah. actually the way that their body is processing. We, we sleep, we heal, we grow, we um, fight off you know immune system, illnesses. So the circadian rhythm for an athlete at our range should be go to bed late, get up late. And so we're asking athletes to get up at 6 a.m. That's like asking you and I, grown adults, to get up at 3 a.m. and do a workout. Like you're not going to be your very best, yet you've also skipped some of those deep REM type opportunities to rest, recover, do all the things your body needs during sleep. And then you also mentioned 
like the blue light emitted from our phones, the way that our brains are even processing things when we're on TikTok and Instagram and how we're scrolling and, and YouTube and Netflix. I mean, some of these things, and it's also this idea of fear of missing out, right? This FOMO, like yeah. if you have these things, like your brain is actually suppressing melatonin, which helps us sleep. And what happens is I try to tell my students and athletes is if you are constantly scrolling through your phones or you're on any kind of device that's emitting blue light um, right in bed, right before you sleep, you're probably not going to um, have melatonin actually get you sleepy. And you're going to skip like that whole phase. And that's what happens when you're sitting around going, I'm so sleepy, I'm so sleepy. And then you pass that threshold. It almost is like, I'm not sleeping anymore. I'm wired. I'm awake. It's What's happening is that your body is suppressing melatonin. Cortisol is shooting through your brain, which is actually what happens when you look and you're around during the, the day, the daytime, the sun is up. That is when, yeah, that's when you're going to be awake. And so we have to pay attention to circadian rhythms. We have to tell our athletes and our students and anybody else, like, think about what you're doing before sleep. What is the, you have a process of getting up. What is the process of going to sleep? It's a double whammy as well. Like you, not only are you emitting that light, which is going to have that negative effect, but actually you're not letting your body wind down. Like if you're worried about what Janine in your class has just put on her Instagram and then who's messaging that and you, you've seen some politics on Twitter or something, or you've seen something on, on TikTok that, that gets your mind racing. Actually, you're not letting your mind shut down. So that, that routine pre going to bed, I, th I think is, is really, really key. And uh, that, that's one of the things I'm sure we'll go into in a bit later that, um, that we can do to actually help improve our sleep, but massively. So like, it is so, so important to so many things. And we spoke about the performance there. Like, I, th I think one of the, the key things at the minute with, with COVID is like sleep can actually help uh, our resilience to um, to illness. Like there's a really, really cool study uh, where they, pretty gruesome where they basically turkey basted um, the cold virus up people's noses in a lab and then res uh, restricted uh, their sleep uh, and then restricted their sleep at different levels. And I think they then tracked who caught the virus and who didn't. And I think it was any anyone who slept over seven, seven hours, it was like maybe a one in five chance you got the cold virus. Anyone who slept under five, it was like half. So your opportunity of catching the cold or things like coronavirus go up if your sleep is is restricted. And, and there's even some stuff now showing that like your like the efficiency and efficacy of your of, of vaccines. Um, of whether you develop that immunity is linked to whether or not you've slept afterwards. I think there's this, um, one study where they, they restricted guys sleep to four hours, which is to be fair, quite a low amount, but for only four days, but they reduced its effectiveness of vaccines by 50%. So like if any of you guys out there are getting your coronavirus vac vaccine right now, make sure that you, for the week afterwards that you're sleeping well, because it's going to be really important that that vaccine that hopefully does what it's um, hopefully going to provide you uh, with that protection and that you're not kind of short circuiting um, the, the protection that those antibodies give you. So like it's huge from an immunity perspective. Um, and then I, th I think one that, that goes over quite well with some of the athletes I work with, because everyone's worried about how they look nowadays with social media and things like that is actually sleep can affect our body composition. Um, and a, a good example is, is one study, but like, I, let's have two, two athletes, one 
called Joe, one called John. Um, both need to lose some weight. They both lose five kilos. They've done really, really well. Um, their, their coach, me and you, are really, really happy because they've lost that weight. Um, however, Joe was sleeping eight and a half hours. Um, and so his composition of what he's lost, he's lost about 40% of muscle, which happens when you lose weight. Um, but 60% of what he's lost is fat. So Joe's actually done pretty well. John, on the other hand, he's only slept five and a half hours um, during this training program that he's lost five kilos. So actually he's lost 70% of his muscle and only 30% of that five kilos was fat. So albeit the number on the scale says both of them has lost the weight. Actually, I would much rather have an athlete like Joe who's lost most of it from fat than an athlete like John who's lost the muscle, which we've spent all that time in the gym trying to gain. So it's, it's huge from a, um, from a performance perspective. Uh, it's summertime uh, here in the UK now for that summer body, whether we're looking ripped and shredded or not, like it's going to be a big deal, you know, if, if, if we, if we don't get that sleep. So it's, it's a right. huge, we actually can sleep our way to a six pack. So, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I blame you. I'm going to get 10 hours of sleep tonight. That's for sure. <laughs> well, my, and my, the audience that's listening to this is mostly 100% American. So when you say kilos, nobody has any idea. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, okay. You can we're, have to translate that for me. <laughs> we're very disciplined as coaches to help our athletes maintain a disciplined lifestyle when they're doing sport, whatever the sport is, rugby, track and field, whatever. Now let's talk about how we can help our athletes coach them to be more disciplined in getting better sleep. What do we do and how do we help people get better sleep? So if they're listening to this podcast, these are the steps you take to ensure that you're going to get that eight hours or more of sleep every single night. If I can give one thing, so for any of your listeners right now, they can just press pause after I finish saying, because they can listen to me waffling on afterwards. This is the most important thing is a constant wake time so that you have a routine. A sleep routine is the most powerful tool that you will have in your disposal. And with that, having a sleep routine with consistency, that is the most important thing. You can do lots of small things to add up to help, but that routine and consistency of nailing it day in, day out is huge. Our bodies like routine. It likes a state of homeostasis, equilibrium, where we get up at the same time. And I'm sure you and the listeners would, would have done this before when, for example, you're in the off season, you sleep in, or you, you're not at school anymore. You sleep in, you go to bed at night, late, and it's all good. And then you come to the first day back to school and you've got to get up early. All of a sudden it hits you like a ton of bricks and you're like, whoa, in that morning, it, you feel terrible. But then after a couple of weeks, when you're used to getting up at that time, it's, it's the norm. It's fine. Mm -hmm. It's easy. It's much, much easier to do. So that, that's my, probably my one piece of advice. The easiest thing to do is that consistency of going to bed and consistency of waking up. That's, I want to echo that. That regularity is the most important. In fact, my athletes, a lot of them, I ask them, hey, please download this you know, sleep cycle app. It's free. It will monitor your sleep. There's the Fitbit. And there's a lot of different options out there that can monitor your sleep. Uh, I want to see it. And so I have it as well. And so I'll walk over to my athletes and be like, hey, show me your sleep cycle. The first thing I look at is the regularity. Are they going to bed at the same time and getting up at the same time? Because if you do that routinely, and that doesn't mean sleeping till 2 p.m. on a Friday, you know, on a Saturday morning, and then Sunday sleeping till, gosh, 5 p.m. and you wake up and you're like, mom, 
is it breakfast time? And she's like, I'm making dinner. And then you're all confused because you're thinking if it's the first meal of the day, is it breakfast or is it dinner? Because it's 5 PM. I don't know. Anyways, high school athletes, the idea of regularity is probably the most important. And I'm glad you echoed that. Okay. What else, what else can we do to help enhance our bodies to get ready for sleep, to recover and uh, get ready for the next day of performance? I'd say is take a, do a little bit of an audit of your sleep environment. So, um, obviously we spoke about routine and, and a key thing probably to, to ask yourself when you are late at night scrolling through aimlessly is would you get up early for that? If you wouldn't don't stay up late for it. So if you're, if you're not going to, if I said, I'm going to get you up at 5am to scroll through TikTok, is that okay? And you said, no, well, don't stay up till 11pm scrolling through TikTok. Like, uh, that's, that's a key thing, but also looking at your sleep environment. So <laughs> what's the temperature of your room like we our bodies need to drop one to two degrees in body temperature to go to sleep so look at your your temperature of your room if it's summertime i i know in, in england we, we have a pretty moderate climate so air conditioning isn't kind of a thing here whereas i know in in the states it's a, a bigger deal where you can actually manage that in your rooms um but yeah things like that looking at the the tog of your of your duvet so that is it actually have you got a winter duvet when it's the middle of summer uh, and are you just toasting yourself in an oven that you've created for yourself? Um, so things like that are going to be going to be big. Look at uh, light. Again, light is the like the age old signal for our bodies to go to sleep. So can we start to restrict the light that comes into our rooms? So can we um, get blackout blinds in our in our, in our bedrooms? Um, can we restrict the amount of lights? So obviously, that's coming from phones, but then the natural light. For example, here, it, sundown's probably at about 9, 30, 10 o'clock here. If, if I wanted to go to bed early, I'm probably going to need my curtains closed. And I'm going to need blackout blinds so that the light isn't screaming through. Um, that, that's a big one. Uh, and then alongside that routine is having that routine of going to bed. So um, linked to temperature, it might be a, a shower uh, or, or, or a warm bath. So that, that helps actually not only just relax us and, and control our, our mind shutting down, but that's actually going to draw heat away from the skin, which doubles up as controlling our body temperature. So that, that's that one. And then getting in the habit of putting that phone down if we can, ideally at least half an hour before bed. I know with, with some young athletes, that's just a non-negotiable. Um, they just can't put that phone down. So things like uh, using night shift mode on your iPhone that restricts the blue light. You can even get... Uh, um, sunglasses that restrict the UV light coming in that if you're telling me that you won't put that phone down and you, you must go on Tinder to message that girl back, then get the glasses on and, and make the best of a bad situation. Um, and then probably a routine of just whether that's just reading a book, taking notes or doing meditation, mindfulness and something a little bit more in depth like that. Find something that works for you that helps you calm down that's going to be big from a routine perspective of, of going to bed and like that, that, that's that's going to be a huge deal for a strategy for you to implement day in day out and, and nailing it consistently all right so let's summarize go to bed wake up same time every day keep your bedroom cool 65 degrees is the optimal temperature for the body it's hard to get your body at that um that temperature or the room that temperature but try maybe a fan would help an hour before bed, dim the lights. You know, try to make it dark as possible. The darker, the better. Uh, yeah. If you can't sleep, maybe just if you if you're having trouble sleeping and you're sitting there, well, stop. Go do something else. You know, like go 
walk around, go sit down, read a book, you know, sleep will return and then go back to bed. Read something fun and easy. You don't have to read anything kind of like deep philosophy. Avoid caffeine after 1 p.m. That includes no soda. Stop drinking soda at dinner. That's not good for you. Uh, don't eat late. Some people are like, oh, I couldn't sleep. It's like, because you had a whole plate of lasagna at 9.30 p.m. Stop that. And then no phones or TV after 9 p.m. These are just basic ideas that can help you. So what Pete and I are talking about is being disciplined in the thing that will help you to get 1% better. And sleep is not just 1% better. Sleep is the most crucial part of your recovery process. So let's, let's just finish it up, Pete. Any lasting thoughts you have for us about sleep and the importance of it or things we can do to get better at this? Well, like you alluded to there, all of these things are, are pretty easy and they require no talent. Like again, I, know, I realize at the high end of sport, you've got to have this mix of both the social, the psychological, the genetic, et cetera, et cetera. But going to bed early, putting that phone down requires zero talent. You can be the most average Joe possible, yet still maximize your recovery so that you're squeezing every last drop of your genetic potential, athletic potential. So these are easy things to do and require no talent. So if you can be disciplined to do it, you're going to be putting yourself far, far uh, further ahead of your competition uh, doing these things. And like the simple things as well around um, looking at your environment. So like making sure your mattress is a good quality, that your sheets are washed regularly and they're, they're good quality. So you want high thread count natural materials like cotton. Um, it's, that sounds stupid, but... Um, as a bit of a sleep connoisseur, my, my, my body won't sleep on anything but Egyptian cotton. Uh, I've become <laughs> a, bit of a, a bit of a sleep snob. And my uh, it took me four pillows. I was like Goldilocks. I bought four different pillows and spent a night sleeping on each one before I bought the second pillow. So I, I knew which pillow suited my uh, my sleep style the most. And um, my, I, I spent quite a large amount of money on a mattress, but we spend so much of our time asleep on it actually it's a really 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 good investment and and I, i'd recommend for the for the adults that are listening like go out there and, and invest in your sleep and invest in in your sleep environment things like good quality sheets mattresses if, if you if you're a bit strapped for cash a mattress topper is a good way of of kind of hedging your bets a little bit and getting that comfort without splashing a thousand dollars a thousand pounds on on a fancy mattress but th those, those things are, are big so that you actually look forward to going to bed and so that you can go to bed much, much easier. And that's going to help you stick to your routine. It's going to help stick to that discipline approach to, to your sleep. Yeah. One third of our life is going to be spent sleeping, right? So parents, the best thing you can do is help your, help your children sleep better, encourage them, help them, give them yeah. the things they need to sleep better. The grades are going to go up. Their performance is going to go up. Their mood is going to go is much, much better. Uh, coaches help our athletes have a detailed, disciplined, like this is what, here's the steps you need to do to get better sleep. In fact, when I post this podcast, we'll make sure that we have resources for people, even if it's just a Google doc that you and I have created together, something that we can give our athletes and our parents and our coaches and our community, something to help them sleep better. So, hey, Pete, you are a legend and I really appreciate you coming on here. You've done so much research. Um, is there any other like, can we, after this podcast, where can someone go and get a great resource for sleep? I, I, I would say that you're, you're probably putting too much praise on me there because like I have to give as much praise as I can to a sleep researcher, Matthew Walker, who, who wrote the book, Why We Sleep. 
if you want one resource, that's the resource that you want. Like he's done podcasts himself. I think he was on a Joe Rogan podcast and you just see his passion for sleep that like wears off on guys like yourself and, and myself. And like, he, he was my influence to, to kind of delve down far down the rabbit hole here to look at the different studies, look at why it's helping us and, and what we can do to help other people sleep better. That's probably the one resource I would say go out and buy. Um, and then, yeah, like, look into it there's another guy in the uk who's doing some good stuff nick little hales who who's got a book called sleep um that's got a little bit more on the kind of practical side of things and he's worked with british cycling over here and cristiano ronaldo at manchester united and, and things like that he's got a good book but yeah that that book by matthew walker and anything that he puts out he's he's fantastic absolutely fantastic um, all right so why we sleep by dr matthew walker i've also read that book and it's, it was my favorite book that I read last year. So yeah. thanks for mentioning that. All right, Pete Burridge, B-U-R-R-I-D-G-E. He's on Twitter. He is also, uh, you can email him at pbridge at bristolbearsrugby.com. And is there anything else that we can go and find you? Because uh, you're a wealth of knowledge and I have a very strong feeling people are going to want to get in contact with you. No, like, again, I'm fairly active on Twitter. So yeah, get, get in contact with me on Twitter and, I, and I'll... I'll, I'll reply to everyone. Um, and yeah, if, if, you, if you've got something a little longer, then uh, just email me there. Uh, I am on Instagram, but I, I'm not really as much of a sport nor as I, I kind of try and keep my uh, my Twitter for sort of business and then Facebook for my grandma and stuff just to <laughs> see what I'm up to. And then uh, my Instagram is just for photos of, of me on holiday with, with, with my wife probably. So um, you're probably not going to get too much sport uh, knowledge from my Instagram. So tw Twitter is probably the, be the best place to, to find me. Well, man, we appreciate you. And uh, thank you for helping us try to, you know, two different countries, two different yeah. types of athletes and the same goal, the same issue. It's sleep, sleep good and uh, live longer. Thanks, Pete. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. And, and thanks for everything that you're doing with the podcast. It's, it's, it's class. It's class. Cheers.